My name is Will DeFreeze, and this is the Sunday Scaries podcast, your cure for the Sunday blues. It's such an overrated holiday. Everyone's expectations are so high. Ubers are just ridiculously expensive. I refuse to pay $100 to go to a bar where I don't know anyone. Even without explicitly saying which holiday these excuses pertain to, I think we can all deduce what we're talking about and most people would call it the most overrated holiday of the year, New Year's Eve. Widely panned, it's more often than not a night of high expectations and no delivery. Getting dressed up to go to a cramped bar, drinking complimentary Andre as the ball drops, and never actually having that made-for-the-movies kiss at midnight that we all yearn for at one point or another. But what if I told you it didn't have to be that way? What if I told you there was a way to actually enjoy your New Year's Eve this year? And what if I told you that it was not only a much cheaper option, but a much more convenient option as well? I'm talking, of course, about the beauty of an at-home New Year's Eve. My parents had a lot of traditions when I was growing up. The appetizers at their dinner parties were strictly for the adults. Presents were not to be opened on Christmas morning until 8 a.m. sharp. And of course, there was no better way to celebrate New Year's Eve than to have their closest friends over for a lobster dinner. Gathered around the dining room table, the lobsters would come out one by one, and all together, we'd begin cracking into them as if, there were an un- as if it was an unaired episode of Frasier. And while I have one vague memory of someone giving me a flute of champagne at a far too young of an age, I'm sure our recycling had more champagne bottles in it than I realized at the time. It was communal, it was intimate, it was kind of bougie, and most of all, it was fun. As I grew older, the way we structured New Year's Eve somewhat changed. Old enough to drink, but not old enough to drink legally, we always found ourselves in the same spot come lunchtime on December 31st. There was always that looming question. So, do we have anywhere to go tonight? Of course, something always popped up at an opportune time. Maybe someone's parents were out of town. Perhaps someone rented a last-minute ski lodge where we'd have to lie about our age to get the keys. Or in a real pinch, maybe we'd just find someone's basement to go to while their parents were at someone else's party. But as I dissect each of these experiences, I realize that those are some of my fondest memories. Passing around a bottle of cheap champagne at midnight, crowding around the television as the ball dropped, and trying to figure out exactly which song needed to be queued up on the iPod for when the clock officially struck midnight. Those nights that feel overrated all seem to exist in a time where I would have guessed they'd be the most fun, from about ages 21 to 26. We'd force the issue by going to a bar filled with tourists, We'd go to different cities in hopes of painting the town red. We'd be forced to stand in freezing cold lines before actually getting into the bar where we'd stand in even longer lines looking for a drink. But these past few years, I've really taken to doing something different. Something I think you can guess at this point. And yes, that is staying home. Whether your bar years are behind you or you're simply too broke to justify a $120 Uber home, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And while that light may not uh, show, you know, be snowing perfectly on a New York City rooftop while you share a kiss with the first love of your life, I think we can all find a middle ground that makes everyone happy. Let's take the guest list, for example. Who do you really want to spend time with on New Year's? I think the obvious and the only answer, unless you're desperately single, is your closest friends. Just a few years ago, I had a much different New Year's Eve than I anticipated, but it ended up being one of the most memorable of my life. My wife and I and another couple, we found ourselves in a remote cabin in the Scottish Highlands. Of course, we didn't just randomly end up there, it was a trip planned months in advance. But with enough groceries for four days, two varieties of haggis, champagne, beer, and a bottle of scotch, 
we found ourselves watching the sunset at 6 p.m., which made the downtime between dark and midnight feel all the longer. What ended up transpiring was a night of, you know, long, lager-driven talks, drinking games, ball drops, and stargazing once the, you know, people started to fade. Just the four of us, I felt like we had a cottage filled with our nearest and dearest, and in, in the small capacity, we kind of did. And as I've become more and more removed from that night, I struggle to find a reason why I, that format can't work for all of us. Take the money that you would have spent on Ubers and buy food for, I don't know, 6 to 12 people. Take the money you'd otherwise put, be putting on a bar tab and get a case of mid-range champagne. Buy glittery party favors, clean your place, and lean into the idea of a good old-fashioned house party that's reminiscent of the days when you couldn't actually get into a bar, without a fake idea at least. While New Year's Eve can be overrated, lowering those expectations and surpassing them is much more satisfying than coming up short of something lofty. And if you're still on the fence, just believe me, falling face first into your own bed after cleaning your kitchen at 1.30 a.m. is a lot easier than finding an Uber at that time, and it's a hell of a lot cheaper too. I love to explore new wines, but I'm not always sure what to get. And I really don't want to be disappointed, and that's why I love First Leaf Wine Club. They remove all the guesswork doing the hard work to discover great wines so I can just simply enjoy them. First Leaf winemakers sample 10,000 wines a year across five continents and 12 countries and select only the best bottles for the club. First Leaf believes wine is personal. They create custom wine print for each member and maps their vast portfolio of wines to each person's unique taste preferences once you take their five-minute quiz. The more wines you rate, the more each shipment is personalized to your tastes. There are no contracts or cancellation fees, and if you're not happy with the wine that you receive, First Leaf will give you a credit towards your next shipment for a risk-free way to explore an endless array of world-class wines. It's been so much fun every single month receiving these boxes, and it's so much less pressure than going to the store and picking something out by the label. First Leaf truly tailors everything you need right to you, and there's just so many different things to choose from. There are so many wines that I could choose from that I never would have tried before, whether it's... I don't even know how to say some of these things. A Pinotage from South Africa or Sangiovese from Puglia. I don't even know how to say these things, but I know that they taste phenomenal. Celebrate your special first and moments that count with First Leaf. The wine club designed to help you discover the new wines that you'll love, personalized to your taste and delivered to your door. Join today and you'll get six bottles of wine for $29.95 with free shipping. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash scaries. That's tryfirstleaf.com slash scaries for six bottles of wine for $29.95 and free shipping. Here's a toast to first. May you enjoy them with the people you love from the first sip to the last. Tryfirstleaf.com slash scaries. What was your New Year's resolution last year? Lose 10 pounds, start saving more money, quit that dead-end job by the end of Q1? Whatever it was, did you make good on it? Last week during my monthly listener questions episode, I briefly discussed the concept I've been applying to my own resolutions in recent years, and that is just general vagueness. Instead of save this amount of money or lose this amount of weight, I like to attack things from a broader scale. By writing down 10 to 12 vague goals, I give myself an opportunity to make good on them, and if I feel good about seven of them at year's end, perfect. If I only completed three, then hey, I'm still better off than where I started, And if I completed zero of them, well, I clearly didn't have any ambition to make good on them in the first place. 
This year, I have yet to make any hard decisions on what I want to achieve. I'll save that for a slow, hungover morning between Christmas and New Year's, a time that I've set aside this year in hopes of getting some good thinking and relaxation done. But one thing I think we can all relate to, especially if you're a longtime listener of this podcast, is our shortcomings on Sundays. Having such an affinity for Sundays has been good for my career, but not necessarily great for my mental health on Sundays. I put a lot of pressure on myself on those days. Not only to get my Sunday-driven work done for this podcast, but also to have a productive day on the personal side of things as well. So these, my friends, are five Sunday resolutions we can all use to be better on the 52 Sundays that we'll face in 2022. The first, I will not leave dirty dishes in the sink before going to bed. If you say that you aren't guilty of this, well, you're better than 99% of the people listening right now. I don't care if you ordered pizza from down the street or made a pot roast that made your entire apartment smell like heaven. If the dishes are still in the sink, the day is not officially done. Those dishes that you claim need to soak before they can actually get cleaned, we both know a little elbow grease can go a long way. That fork that you left in the corner of the sink just in case you want to go back for seconds, just put it in the dishwasher. And that pan that you use to get, make your eggs over medium in the morning, wipe that thing down and put it in your completely disorganized drawer with the other pans. Because the only thing worse than doing day-old dishes on Monday morning is doing day-old dishes on Monday night. Our next resolution, I will switch over all the laundry. You wake up feeling spry. Maybe you didn't go out the night before, or maybe you're just shocked that you're not nearly as hungover as you thought you should be. The natural next step, a productive Sunday that starts with tossing a load of laundry in. Because on the surface, laundry is the perfect task to appear productive without having to put in much effort. Three minutes to load the washer, three minutes to switch things over, and 10 minutes to fold everything. But that 16-minute task spread over three hours truly feels like three hours of productivity. That is, if you actually see things through. I myself could not be more guilty of this. In fact, it's probably the laziest thing I do, treating my dryer like another dresser to store my clothes in. But if you put it off on Sunday, I can guarantee you a few things. The first is that you'll put it off on Monday because you're already over the day when you get home from work. The second is that you'll put it off on Tuesday because you're somewhat embarrassed by your actions and don't even want to confront them anymore. And once Wednesday arrives and half the laundry's been worn from your dryer, well, it's almost time to do another load of laundry. Of all the responsibilities that you let pile up, laundry needs to be the one that you first confront, whether you use the dryer as an alternate dresser or not. Our next... I will not eat three takeout meals in a row on Sunday. Sometimes you need to lean into the laziness of a lazy Sunday. And with that laziness comes a full menu of takeout food that leaves your garbage can overflowing with containers. Perhaps you started the day with a bagel from a shop down the street, and for lunch, maybe a healthy salad from the deli around the corner, and for dinner, Indian food that you had, you had delivered after realizing all the produce in your fridge is wilted or moldy. Then, when you finally get around to checking your bank account on Wednesday, you know, because you couldn't really stomach looking at it Monday or Tuesday, you find yourself wondering how you let yourself spend $100 on takeout when you could have just gone to the store and gotten groceries for the week. My proposal seems like a fair one. I'm not saying you can't go out for meals that day. In fact, I encourage you to. But if you're too lazy to just make one meal yourself, well, then you better be more hungover than I can fathom. Our next, I will limit myself to one boredom beer. Yes, just one. It's 2 o'clock and you just woke up from your post-lunch nap on the couch. With a pillow print on your face, you saunter over to the refrigerator to see what's in there. And while you're mainly looking for something left over to pick at, something catches your eye. A leftover craft lager from the six-pack that you brought, bought on Friday after work. And once you see it, you can't really shake it. It's time. 
it's time for a boredom beer. And after pouring it into a pint glass and setting it on your coffee table, the next hour is dedicated to slowly sipping it before it reaches room temperature. Whether it's curing your hangover from the night before or simply giving you a little skip in your step for your late afternoon grocery run, you're absolutely loving it. But once that hour passes and you take that last sweet sip, you find yourself at a crossroads. Do I coast on this one beer or do I return to the fridge for another? This year, we're choosing the responsible route in hopes of having a happier Monday. And as much as we want that second beer, we're dedicating ourselves to only having one boredom beer and one boredom beer only. And with football falling by the wayside as we inch closer and closer to 2022, this task only gets easier and easier as the year goes on. But our final one is one that might be a little special to me. I will put my phone away at 8 p.m. I'll be the first to admit that out of all these resolutions, this one is perhaps the most specific to me in addition to being the most difficult to achieve. My life is one constant quest to lower my screen time. Hovering anywhere between 90 minutes per day and five hours per day, I clearly go through some ebbs and flows. But in 2022, I'm gonna do something that I never thought I'd be the type to do. I'm gonna become a no phone in the bedroom person. I know, I know, this is a hasty move that almost feels a little too wellnessy even for me, but I think it's a conquest worth pursuing. How will I know if the group chat's going off? Will I endlessly scroll Twitter, or how will I endlessly scroll Twitter for takes on whatever HBO show is most popular that day? How will I see the likes pile up on the Instagram that I posted earlier that day? Not only are these questions I don't have an answer to, these are questions I think I need to stop caring about altogether. And should you choose to follow me in this endeavor, I welcome you as my brother or sister in arms. And if you don't, well, just make sure that you're not leaving any dirty dishes in the sink, because I think we can all admit that we're above that at this point. This winter, upgrade your daily routine with Bespoke Post and their new seasonal lineup of must-have Box of Awesome collections. Bespoke Post partners with small businesses and emerging brands to help you bring the most unique gifts to you. There are so many cool boxes of awesome out there, and I have gotten so many in the mail before that I'm still using to this day. No matter what you're into, Box of Awesome has you covered. From winter cocktails to cozy threads and camping gear essentials, Box of Awesome has collections for every part of your life. If you go on their site right now, you can see a ton of different ones that I think will catch your eye. They have a hibernate one that's cozy slippers. They've got a a parlor one that has a a decanter and some whiskey glasses. They even have a cigar one on here, which I think I might have to entertain next time I go out, next time I get one. They even have a swig one, which is kind of a to-go cocktail kit. Really, there are so many to choose from that I guarantee if you go to the site, you will see several that make you want to sign up immediately. But to get started, you just take a quiz at boxofawesome.com and your answers will help them pick the right box of awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. It's free to sign up and you can skip a month or cancel anytime. Each box costs only 45 bucks but has over $70 worth of gear inside. Plus, with each box of awesome, you're supporting small businesses and 90% of everything that comes in your box of awesome is from a small up-and-coming brand. Get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter promo code SCARIES at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code SCARIES for 20% off of your first box. I think we can all somewhat agree that at the end of the year, specifically as we inch closer and closer to Christmas and New Year's Eve, we all become a little bit nostalgic. For the year that was, for the holiday traditions that we hold near and dear, and for the moments sprinkled throughout that year that made it what it was. When I first started Sunday Scaries, I was living with my parents. 
opening my laptop in my bedroom while Detroit sports team played in the background, I didn't really have any full-time ambitions for the brand as a whole. It was a creative outlet, and really just a creative outlet. But clearly, as the years have gone by, my ambitions for Sunday Scaries have drastically changed. And maybe it's just the nostalgia talking, but I can safely say that the strides I took this year with Sunday Scaries were some of the biggest I've ever taken. And while this may be a bit of patting myself on the back, I actually don't really care as I think we could all use a little more of that in our lives. If you're not your number one biggest fan, then I think, I mean, I think you should be. Right now, Sunday Scaries exists for me in, uh, I think, four different ways. The first is obviously this show. The second is the social followings on Twitter and Instagram that I just really enjoy interacting with. The third is the toe that I've dipped into merch and Sunday-driven products. And the final is you, the community, the listeners, the followers, anyone who has been exposed to or supported the brand over the years. And I say this with complete and utter sincerity. Thank you. Thank you so much. This year really has been a fun one. From a total numbers perspective, it was a huge success all thanks to anyone listening. Total hours listened went up 53% from last year. Subscribers increased by 43%. Streams and listeners went up by 36 and 34% respectively. And upon this episode's release, it'll make for 46 episodes spanning over 1,200 minutes throughout the year. Even the Instagram following increased by about 30,000 people this year, a number that I can't really fathom. It's a number that actually gives me anxiety when I think about all the possible listeners listening every Sunday morning. But truthfully, numbers are pretty boring, which is why I thought I'd pull back the curtain on some of my favorite episodes, guests, and segments of the year. Let's start off with some interviews. Really, it was kind of a dream year for me. I didn't put as much emphasis on interviews this year as I have in years past, but I had so many good people on. Uh, one person that I had on who was a very much a crowd favorite was Joyce Pickens, and she discussed everything from interiors to couches. But I think the couches is, are really where people really enjoyed. Her recommendations were spot on, and she was honestly, it was so nice just having a friend on the podcast. Another one was kind of out of, out of you know, out of the blue. It was Tim Howard talking about his soccer days. I had watched Tim Howard from his Everton days, Manchester United days, U.S. men's national team and everything. So having him on the podcast was truly a dream for me. And it was so much fun. Uh, another couple friends that I had on the podcast were the interiors episode I did in January with Phil of Club Cool. Uh, my friend Charlie, or we call him Fly Fishing Charlie, doing the Zen of Fly Fishing. And then even having uh, my friend and co-worker on Brett to talk about Sundays in New York. Another friend that I had on was uh, Katie Griffin, who talked about travel in her co company Lux and Nix. She was actually one of the first ever supporters of this podcast, and it really felt kind of, I don't even know the word, almost a little surreal for me to have it come cir full circle of her encouraging me in the early days of starting the website to actually having her on the podcast and, and you know, promoting her through it. It was awesome. And I think one of the most popular guests on the podcast has been Barrett Dudley, who hopped on for the Fall Fashion Guide and also the Gift Guide for this year. And I don't want to spoil anything, but I think you're going to be seeing a healthy amount of Barrett around these parts next year. But we'll get more, we'll get more on that during the first episode of 2022. Some of my favorite segments and episodes were the one about pregnancy with my wife, where we kind of pulled back the curtain on what it felt like to be, you know, pregnant or having a child. There was the one about bachelor parties with Madison Vessels of the Batch app the one about bachelorette parties with Sally, and then there was just a bunch of one-off segments that I thought were pretty entertaining. The anxiety of text purgatory, celebrity morning routines, stress cleaning, something I still do to this day, worth the splurge segments, which was new, and I think I need to do more of those in 2022. There was one on perfection versus greatness, which was inspired by a very, very good friend of mine. The best songs to cry to, the five stages of houseplants, 
the fall movie wine pairings and the dreaded quarter-life crisis and just so many more. And the ones that I really liked that I think were kind of polarizing were those hungover meditations. So we'll see if we do those next year, but I'm probably going to. What next year has to hold? Well, I think we're just gonna have to wait and see. But in the meantime, I'll be taking the next couple weeks to recharge the batteries, get out of town, and spend some much needed time with my family. But before I do, allow me to reiterate something to anyone still listening. Thank you. If you liked what you heard today, make sure to subscribe, review, or tell a friend in need about this podcast. By subscribing, you guarantee that each and every episode gets delivered directly to your phone every Sunday morning. You can also follow along on Twitter at Sunday Scaries and Instagram, which is at Sunday.Scaries, or you can follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at Will DeFreeze. And remember, always trim the wicks on your scented candles.